for those of you that are listening that are afraid to go in front of audiences, nervous in front of one-to-ones, or just have a bit of a meltdown, that will be linked to some kind of shift in your perception of who you are, how you're perceived by other people, and how you come across. Hello, this is Dr. Rowe, and you are listening to The Cicado Show with Dr. Rowe and Harms. Cicado means to seek turning points. And on this show where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today, the mission is to provide you with what you need in order to create a turning point in your life now. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to create these shows is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope our genuine sincere hope that by the end of each of these episodes you will have gained at least one insight which you can take away and apply directly into your life practical tools voices that come from both generations younger generation with tips and tools older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience so you can help unlock your true potential to give you the opportunity to make changes both on a personal professional financial and relationship level to give you a chance to impact both your life and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. We welcome you to The Cicado Show. Before we jump into the show, let me just tell you a little bit about becoming a Cicado supporter now. If you love what we do on the show, have gained transformational insights and positive outcomes or any small shifts which have allowed you to create turning points in your life, then please head to cicado.com and become a supporter of the show now. By supporting the show, we can continue to expand by getting you better quality production, spending more time deep diving important topics and creating more exclusive supporter perks as well as getting great guests on. And by the way, as a thank you for becoming a supporter and depending on which supporter tier you select at cicado.com, these perks range from my weekly recipe for success emails through to audios and video courses from my 23 steps to success, which includes online modules on how to find your life balance, gaining confidence, improving your time management, making successful career transitions, understanding financial independence, creating a life purpose, understanding and how to manage your money, becoming a money master, understanding negotiation techniques, learning to communicate more effectively, and so much more. So don't delay. It takes less than two minutes and you can become a Cicado supporter, helping to expand the show and get special perks as a thank you. Become a supporter now at cicado.com. Let's get back to the show. Hello, it's Harms here and welcome to another episode of The Cicado Show. No big formal introduction for myself today because I want to dive straight into some insights we gleaned from some recent workshops that Dr. Rowe ran. Now, these workshops were called Communicating with Impact and they were three-hour workshops and we we ran a few of them. And now, as we come off the back of the final workshop, I want to grab the opportunity to get Rowe to share some insights, some wisdom, some knowledge that we can extract from the workshops that we can share with you, the listeners at home. So without further ado, Ro, over to yourself, uh, just to talk to the listeners about, I guess, firstly, what is communicating with impact for those that have not come across your teachings in this space before? And then maybe we can talk about, uh, like I said, the insights and experiences that we gleaned 
specifically around some of the amazing shifts and transformations that happened within people who came and attended the workshops themselves. Over to you, Ro. Thanks, Harms, and thank you all for listening to The Cicado Show. As always, we are hugely grateful for the fact you tune in and listen to the various messages that we're sharing. And I think it's a good choice, actually, today because you know the workshops were put together to give people some key insights into the overall system, and we opened up some space, didn't we, to allow some coaching to happen. So in each of the workshops, I asked a question, and then we chose somebody from the audience. It was done on Zoom so I could see their faces. And out of that came some really, really interesting information, which I think if we can share it here, if if you're listening to this and you're in a relationship, have kids and a job, run a business, anything within those categories, I think you'll find this incredibly useful. So the system is something that's been developed over 30 years. We launched it live officially about two years ago, three years ago now. Gosh, it's coming up to three years. It's flying. I can't believe it. It's flying three years. And Communicate with Impact is essentially 38 components brought together to create a really fluid way to communicate with people. And people can be your kids right through to a high level audience of 10, 15, 20,000 people. Could be a board meeting, could be a one-to-one in a cafe. Everything we do is communication when it comes to articulating what we're trying to say. And you communicate internally and you communicate externally. So the system is designed to incorporate three core areas, you, them, and the environment. And in the workshop, we talked about this, didn't we? We basically gave everybody a quick overview to start with. And then I selected a few of the components from that. And if you're listening to this, you might think, well, surely it's just about talking to people. Well, first of all, remember, you internally communicate first. And I think we're going to bring this out of one of our examples today. And then you communicate externally. The you is the part of you that comprises everything you're doing internally and starting to do externally. So, for example, preparation is included in here. We also then talk about state management. Preparation, by the way, is all the things you you need to do in advance of a presentation or a talk. And you might think, well, what if I'm just going to go and catch up with somebody and there's a few things I want to raise with that person? Same thing. It comes back to the same thing. If you're going to go and chat to them, you might come away from that meeting. And this, I think it was a common response. People said they felt frustrated. Deals hadn't gone right. Interviews hadn't worked out for them. Relationship arguments because what they'd gone into a conversation expecting, they came out not getting what they expected. I think that was one of the feedbacks we got. Wasn't that it? was the largest piece of feedback. And I just want to put this in context for people, Ro, and put it alongside, but also explain the difference between now when people think about communication, there are some fantastic books and educational pieces out there. And I'm thinking one of the big famous ones is how to win friends and influence people. Phenomenal. Yeah. And in recent years, you know, we see a lot of publications around how to pitch anything, how to sell anything. So these are, uh, you know, very specific styles of communication, but correct. When I studied these books in previous years, I thought, wow, fantastic. But then when I came across, you know, communicating with impact in your system and how detailed it is, can you explain to people the difference between mm. uh, what's out there in sort of typical books and publications, which maybe are focused on one or two areas of com- communication, for example, specifically around influence and how to win friends yeah. versus the system that you're talking about here for listeners. This is a very good point. So if you're in business, you might have gone and read a book about how to speak. Yes. And it's like, don't do this, do this, how to present yourself in front of an audience. Um, Those of you that are in relationships, you might have read books about how to communicate with your partner. Those of you that are wanting to sell something, there's countless books on sales, aren't there? Incredible. But what I found was 
each of those books addresses exactly what you said, a specific area. It doesn't address the overall roundedness of somebody's communication and, and actually the elements and the stages you go through leading up to a communication. And remember, when I say communication, please don't think this is like some formal thing where you're on the phone. It could just be you're going on a date. But even then, these three elements come into play. So it's a way to round somebody off. And, uh, you know, you, you can be really, it's like going into the gym. You and I could go and work on our biceps for the next six months. I do no other workout on it apart from biceps. And we'd have incredibly strong biceps, but we look disproportionate. You see that guys in the gym. Sometimes you see their backs are massive or their shoulders are massive. Their legs are sort of spindly or the other way around. They've got massive legs and their upper bodies. And, and this is the same thing. Or going and having a cake made with a recipe where somebody's just put too much of one thing in, too much sugar or you know, too much flour and it feels very stodgy. The CWI system is a really elegant system that brings all of those ingredients together in such a way that no matter what your circumstances, you can just revert back to it and pull on or leverage any one of the components together. I think that's the easiest way. To, it's a well-oiled system. All the cogs work in uh, harmony. I like the example of exercise because people can relate to that. Yeah. It's, it's a, if, if you think about you know, what communicating with impact is to communication is, is what squats and deadlifts are to exercise. Right. This foundational, yeah. the, the exercise that completely transforms think, every cell in your body. You could almost argue, yeah. think cross-training. I mean, cross-training is yeah. very broad, isn't it? It, it gives you a nice approach to building your body and working your body in a certain way that's rounded. And then you can take what you've learned in this rounded field in all different areas and Any components area. to source, and then apply it to something really specific, whether it's influence, whether it's sales, whether it's getting a job interview, and then you now apply yeah. it to something specific. And it is unique. I mean, it, literally, we trademarked it about a year and a half ago. There's nothing like this out there, which is really exciting. So when we did, so the overall system works from the U area, which is the preparation, state management. State management, by the way, is your emotion. That comes out again in today. We'll talk about this. So before you dive in, can you help the pictures? Uh, can you help the listeners at home paint a picture of what does it look like? Because actually you have a very special diagram mm. associated with Communicate with Impact, which the people in the workshop would have seen. But if the listeners at home can imagine something, how can they visualize all of these components? Because it's very in-depth. Yeah, so imagine a circle and you're in the middle of that circle and that's you. And then around the outside of that circle, there's another radial and it basically has three elements, you, them, and the environment. So it's basically almost split into thirds. That's the, if you like, that's the next radial out. Then outside of that radial, there are eight components. And, and I think that's as far as I'll go in terms of the broad description. Yeah. And the eight components are split. Three components go against you, three components go against them, and then two components go against the environment. You being you, the person delivering. So mm -hmm. even as we're speaking now, we have to be mindful of the fact that you're listening to this and how you react to what you're listening to. If I just think about, I've got to get the content right, I've got to get the, the sound of my voice right, I've got to get my energy right, that's it. I don't think, if I just keep speaking the same way, like this constant, 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 because I want to get facts out, facts out, facts out, facts out. After a while, you, the audience can get bored. Mm. So the whole point is you've got to understand the difference between these three major areas. And the you involves going back around the radio on the outside, it involves preparation, which has its own four components. So don't get overcomplicated with this, but uh, we also got state management. And if you've ever wondered what that means, that means how is your emotional and physical state leading up to talking to someone? Who's ever got nervous? I'm sure it's happened to you, Harms, maybe when you started your job and you had to do your first talk in front of some of your employees that you had working for yeah. you. What was going through your head at that point when somebody said, right, I need you to present this? What was the initial reaction in your body and your head? Well, 
I think people can relate to this at home. You know, you feel the nervousness, you get the sweats, you right. feel hot under the collar. Okay, so that's all state management. Uh, as you're speaking, you know, you physically can't, the words are not, in the background before you go on stage, you know, you can't physically and speak. And actually the world narrows down, doesn't world it? world narrows down. <laughs> Everything state you thought management. you remembered for this talk, suddenly you can't remember a single word. State management. <laughs> that is state management. And yes. your physiology, did it feel strong or weak? A uh, week, uh, you know, weak as your knees, a bit of right. trembling. Absolutely. State management. So that's all state management. Now, the preparation going into that might have been perfect. His content might have been great. But if his emotional and physical state are weak, then it would have affected the way he presented. And that's common for a lot of people. Then we get to the third uh, component on that middle radial, which is, so we're still in you, by the way, is how we now communicate. I'm the communicator. How do I communicate? And an example of that, we talked about engagement, I think mm. was on, on the workshops. It's like, how do you grab people's attention? So for example, when you went up and spoke, I suspect in your engineering background, you probably just delivered content at the time because that was the correct thing to do. I, I didn't even know that grabbing somebody's attention was important. <laughs> so when somebody was switching off within two minutes of my talk, or actually, let me, let me paint the picture even, even more vividly. I would go on to the stage and people would switch off before I even start speaking. Oh my gosh. You know, so that, that would be the case. People start looking at their phone. Uh, I start talking and people are thinking, oh, it's another one of these talks. And so what was it? Off. Safety? What sort of things? Were you... oh, safety is a great example. Right, so, okay. so safety was a regular talk that we would have to do. But now I understand engagement. I, I In hindsight, that could have been a really exciting, impactful talk. That, throughout that, as well. That, throughout, that made people really appreciate safety is a, is a serious thing, yeah. especially in, a, in in the high intensity workplace that we were in. But I didn't get that message no. across. And, and actually, what a lot of people think is engagement is the start, but it's not. It's actually all the way through. And that's one of the things we taught on the workshop is like maintaining it all the way through. So having worked on that area and started to develop, yes. and, and by the way, outside of state, you know, state management, preparation, and communication, there are four specific components attached to each one of those, all right? So there's, in total, you've got 12 around the outside. Now we go across to them. The them is the people that we're communicating with. So this would have been your audience at work. Yes. And that starts with connection. So you've got to connect with the audience. And for anyone's wondering what this is ultimately leading to, any communication is normally to do with you persuading somebody on an idea or sharing an idea, exchanging ideas, but you want them to kind of see your perspective. So that ultimately leads to you influencing them. I think 90% of communication is uh, you're delivering something to somebody else. And in so doing, you're influencing them to accept your information and either say yes or no, or, or come with you or do something. Mm. Even if it's us just saying, right, let's go for a coffee. I'm still influencing you yes. to come for a coffee. So when we're talking about them, the other person, connection is really important. So did you feel when you went onto stage to speak in your engineering background that you'd connected with them uh, in a short space of time or not? Or were you just thinking about the content delivery? Well, considering I know many of these people and I still couldn't connect with them <laughs> was uh, was a big alarm So although bell. you knew them maybe as friends or colleagues, colleagues we're talking yes. about a different type of connection here, aren't we? We're it's talking like, about a different, it, it's, it's a probably best way to describe it as a corporate hierarchical connection right. where I have to listen to this person because I mandated to <laughs> versus yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to listen to this person regardless of what position they hold within a company is two different things. And that's the key here is when you're talking about communication, we're talking about you get them to connect with you. They start to like who you are. Now, the next stage then is you can impact them. So if Harmindra had got to stay, I don't remember this in my early days as well, when I was like trying to talk, even in my college days, I was getting yeah. up and you sort of and especially younger people, everyone was messing around. But once you've got that connection, you've done something to they lean forward and start listening. Now you grab their attention by getting impact. And impact is about maybe shocking them, giving them facts, 
given credibility. And I suspect that probably in the, if you're talking about safety, for example, that kind of impact comes across maybe with some information or data. The style of delivery comes in here. We talked about that as well, didn't we? A lot of people just deliver facts. Now, when you, uh, you know the four styles of delivery, mm. what would you say your main style of delivery was when you were talking the work environment? Uh, so the technical answer based on your communicating with impact system is called messenger. Yeah, correct. So messenger was me just delivering a message is the simplest way I can explain it. Facts, yeah. Facts, statements, related to what was on a slide deck. So if I had a slide deck and there's four bullet points on there, I would be the messenger between what you can see on the screen right. and what you hear in your mind as okay. I speak. Yes. But there wasn't really a great deal of impact in that, I'm assuming. No, it was just me reading bullet points of a slide. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> well, we see that so much with so of many course, presenters. Is, yes, of course. Even online with Zoom meetings and people doing online meetings. So if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, oh my gosh, actually this is starting to make sense because how many times have you watched somebody and maybe they started off pretty well, but then... I don't know, they just haven't quite got your attention. And so you start to drift off the watch looking or the, the phone looking, looking, as you yeah. mentioned about before. So with the four, uh, now remember that everybody listening to this, I have, in the system, we talk about four archetypes. That's very different. This is four delivery styles. Uh, was there ever a time when you're on stage where you had to just literally tell them, look, you need to do this? Did you ever shift into the commander mode where you're more assertive? So for context, commander is a different delivery style. I didn't. Right. I, I just didn't. You literally went uh, up and delivered and walked I, off I went up and delivered. Because that's what you thought was the right thing to do. Because that's what everybody was doing. Right. So, so the, so the oh sub-speaker How dull me, that must have been. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and even to the point where when I finish my section, I would sit in the audience and I would be dulled by the next speaker or yeah. the next presenter. Yeah. Now, so, and the nerves come away now. You've, you've been on stage, you come off again. The nerves come away. Now, if, to put this in context, if somebody's listening... This doesn't just relate to a safety talk, an engineering safety talk to an audience, because I could be having this talk one-on-one -on -one and would have delivered the same style, the same message yeah. and had the, the, the same very little impact I had with that particular person or audience. And if we're looking at it from a bigger picture, you know, my goal here was to impart some safety wisdom, impart some safety information and data to somebody in order for them to save their life, not get injured severely that was that was the aim here. That was the key. So hopefully that makes sense to those listening at home. Uh, think about this broadly, right? And think about how important. Different. Yeah, I was going on stage thinking, okay, this is just a talk about safety. But if I didn't get the message across, connect with them, provide impact in what I was delivering, and somebody got hurt out exactly. in the workplace, and yeah. somebody got injured, and they went yeah, home, yeah, and yeah. now they've got a missing hand or a missing arm, and this yeah, is this is yeah. the consequence of not. Paying but attention. even you phrasing it that way yes. grabs somebody's attention well, very differently. Well, right now it gives me goosebumps because I know how impactful it should have been. Correct. But there was little value placed on learning how to communicate and getting that message across. Right. I, I would be partly to blame if somebody got hurt yeah. because I was the messenger of that information. And in, in fact, had you opened with that to start with, you think about the attention that mm. might have grabbed from the audience, but it's only retrospectively knowing a system. Yes. So just to share with everybody, so this is a message that came in from one of the attendees. Actually, sorry to message you late, but I just wanted to thank you for such an empowering workshop. Today, my head is buzzing. Um, and she's in a training organization uh, working with uh, support and training for small software company in a nursery sector. And it says, going through this material you shared will revolutionize how we deliver our online training. Now, Think about it. That's a three-hour workshop giving four key components out of 38. It was just four out of 38. So, and we had a few of those messages come in from people. Like, the term revolutionize is just a wake-up call, I think, more than yeah. anything else, isn't it? It's like, how come I didn't know this stuff before? So when we talk about them, 
as Ahmed has quite rightly pointed out here, the impact actually in his case is like, hold on a minute, they realize the consequences on them, but also on him if he doesn't do it right. Only then can you influence people. Mm. So maybe by then, if you drop that in and they were leaning forward now and you've got their attention, now you can tell them what to do or you could have instructed them what to do. But the problem is uh, persuading somebody to give you money if you're in the business of raising money. Uh, go on a date with me. <laughs> Kids, go and do this. Speak to your children. Do or, your homework uh, <laughs> at home. Yeah. Do your uh, schoolwork at home via homeschooling. Yeah, all exactly. of that. Yeah. Um, or, or it could be, you know, you're in a workplace on a Zoom meeting, instructing people what to do. If you don't have, you haven't connected that, that whole message to them they haven't attached the right meaning to it they haven't got enough impact on it and now you go to influence them that's when you won't get the influence and influence involves sales it involves observation it involves uh, using certain type of language i refer to it as hypnotic language and mind reading there's some really cool stuff and we mm. use a few examples of that in the workshop but the most important thing for you listening is you can't just talk to somebody and suddenly go straight to influence. You have to have gone through all those other elements, preparation, state management, uh, communication, then connection, then impact. And then they go, now you've got them and then you influence them. And if they're right for you, they'll make the decision. If they're not, you know, you have to walk away. So that that's kind of the, they, they were the key areas we looked at. And then the last one is environment, which is the technical and the setting. And I'm not going to go into detail, but I bet there's listeners today that have had a meeting where they've forgotten a laptop or they've forgotten their slides or uh, you know, they got there and haven't got a power lead, those yeah. sorts of things. Sort or of things. the environment was wrong. It was too noisy. It was too hot. I don't know what you were presenting in the environment. I mean, actually thinking back now, I asked you this question before. What was the environment within which, was it was it a pretty good environment or actually was it not really conducive for people being engaged? I, I would say that environment was was very good. The company would hire a hotel room, oh, right, set good. up chairs, yeah. and they'd have all the snacks and stuff going into the meeting. Good. So people knew hey, this is a meeting where you're going to be presented to yeah. and the information is important. So so actually that part of the system, they did well. Yes. Right. And, and that was handled for us. Yeah, so, yeah, so, okay. the, so they have said, here's, here's the environment, here's the setting, and it's an optimal setting to get this message across. Yeah. Um, but that was it. So, so, what, so in context of what you just explained to the listeners, we had a very good environment, right. but the you and them part yeah, were yeah. completely lacking. It's yeah. just, just non-existent in that talk. But it also works on dates. I, I, years ago, I remember a friend of mine went on this date and it, it, he didn't have a second date with her. And he chose this weird, like funky club, but it was very, very loud. It wasn't like mm, there's any mm. area you could duck away and have a quiet conversation. So, so the opposite of a speakeasy bar. Or yeah, club, yeah. Yeah. So he'd just gone in there because he thought that sort of thing she liked. And he's try he's literally trying to scream at her over this day. And in the end, it just... Yeah, he partly lost his voice. <laughs> yeah. And instead of going, let's relocate, he's just like, hanging out there. And it, and uh, yeah, it didn't go any further. And I only, it was only years later, I thought, actually, that's an environment thing. Even on a date, you can get it wrong. Yeah. So that that's the system overall. And, and in the workshops, all we did, for those of you listening, we chose four components. So we looked at outcome, we looked at engagement, we looked at authenticity, yeah. and we looked at certainty, how to get certainty in your message. And each one of those four, if put together very quickly, can grab I – mean, in fact, we did some demonstration – can really take a situation and turn it around rapidly, any meeting, any conversation. So on the note of demonstration, that demonstration also occurred with people who were live from the audience. So we'd pull them up alongside you via the Zoom system we were using because it was an online workshop. And you would demonstrate this to the whole audience through a coaching session. Yeah. Now, I want to get to that. You know, I want that to be the main message as part of this because I would love to share with them, without mentioning names, some of the coaching sessions that occurred that had fantastic learning outcomes for everybody. And I personally feel we'll have great learning outcomes for the listeners at Good home. Good idea. Mainly because these are such universal challenges people yeah. face and they think it's to do with this and that. But actually, fundamentally, it's to do with communication. Yeah. Before we get to that point, 
I'm personally a big believer in if I want to get knowledge to enhance myself in any area of my life, I'm going to go to an expert. I'm going to go to somebody who's been doing it for a very, very long time. And communication is somewhere where you've spent 30 plus years in. Could you, you know, in a compressed format, share with the listeners, what does 30 years mastering communication look like? Because hopefully that will give people the encouragement that actually to, to go repeat that, because I don't know what stage they are at life, yeah. in here, but to go repeat that is a oh, big man. ask. So the next thing to do is actually to really pay attention to this next part of this episode. So I want them to sit up and pay attention yeah, yeah, okay. off the back of how, how have you mastered communication over 30 so, years? So, I mean, my, Malcolm Gladwell says it best, doesn't it? It's like 10,000 hours. It's, it's the study of hours and hours of a specific subject and that's how you create the outlier impact which is where you stand aside from everybody else so go back to a, an 18 19 year old lad mm. whose father's passed away he's reading loads of personal development at the time and i.e me and um i start to realize there's some really great stuff in and i my confidence grew in what i was reading to the point where i was just like talking about it to people around me yeah and sometimes just over a, a coffee or you know lunch with friends or whatever you know, even at that young age I'd be chatting about this. I was just, and, and people are like, oh, really? And I, stuff about beliefs, stuff about communication, stuff about values, stuff about mindset and how everything around us impacts on an internal level. And then I found myself wanting to share it with people more formally. So that led to, I, I can't remember the exact year, whether it was 19 or 20, going out and speaking in front of small groups of people, college. Um, I was invited onto these outdoor pursuits type um, you know, the summer breaks, Easter breaks, where yes. parents, parents send their kids there. I would come in and do stuff on canoeing and then I'd do something on climbing, but also do stuff on mindset. Yes. So I, even in, at that age there, and they wouldn't be long. It'd be like a 15 minute talk, a 10 minute talk, a 20 minute talk. And that's how it started. Then I went to university and at university, the same thing, it carried on. I would go off and where I could just talk to different people. And that led to me get somehow somebody connected me with a network marketing business and I loved it because that gave me a chance to get out in front of more people. Yeah, yeah. So I was looking at it from a business perspective, but it also lots of material, lots of reading tapes back in those days. Mm. So we'd listen to tapes. And um, and then I started a retail business trying to sell jewelry, me and another guy that <laughs> trying to sell some jewelry stuff. And that lasted about six months. But every time it involved me going out and talking. So I'm selling now. I'm to sell. I'm dealing with rejection at a young age. Influence. Influence. I'm doing lectures inside of my, as a PhD, I was in, encouraged to go and talk about my subject. So I would, anywhere I got an opportunity, I would go and talk about my PhD subject, which was technical. And uh, I won an award, actually. I won a couple of awards, actually, during that period with the Institute of Civil Engineers for just presenting. But in on the side, I'm, I'm going to colleges. I'm going to schools. And that was like, Oh, that's 30 something years ago now and consistently reading personal development listening to audios watching people like les brown and just consolidating thinking, oh i like the way he did that making a note of it and i mean you know, next door there's all these journals and gathering all of that stuff into a place where it went from being intellectual to actually practicing it to suddenly practicing it again suddenly it just became part of my nature mm. and my personality and sort of style blended together and then I got into um, doing more formal stuff where I charged for it. I was coaching people um, from t- late 90s, uh, one-to-one coaching. And I started to think the reason they're talking this way is not to do with um, their communication, but it's actually their beliefs. So we started working on the beliefs and that changed the way the communication came mm-hmm. out. And then I found people's voices were tightening up when they got stressed and started to get fearful. Their breathing changed. So all these different things I'm pulling in constantly. And then I started looking and studying human psychology in my late 20s and I understood stuff from 
Carl Jung, for example, the archetypes. And I thought, okay, what about if I went into a conversation and I tried one of those archetypes? So everything that's found its way into the system, fast forward now, 55, um, is a combination of trial, error, in front of thousands of people, global stages all over the world, sometimes as small as 1,000, but sometimes as big as 10, 15,000. Yeah. And having to grab their attention for an hour and a half, in some cases, promote them to go on to something else, or selling them. And to put this in perspective, I can't even put a number on it, but you know, I've generated millions of pounds worth of revenue and profit over the years as a professional speaker. So it, it, it covers the whole gamut from business meetings, raising millions of pounds to generating millions uh, as a speaker. That's kind of it in a compressed format. And then all of that was, and I used to teach people for a fee the system in a broken up format, depending on where they were. Some yes. people were more experienced than others. And then I thought, let's just um, let's just put this into a system that I can actually share with anybody on a broader scale. And you were at the very first event. So when you came through that event, that's the first time the public had seen the whole of those 30 years mm. laid out in a format that was really systematic to follow. Not easy because you have to go through it, but then to take something from 30 years and compress it to three days. And by the way, if anybody's listening, we haven't got any more workshops. If you're listening, thinking, oh, I'm going to go to these workshops because we've actually got no more left, have we? The only yeah. thing we have got, the only thing that we're doing this year, one more of, is uh, an actual three-day event. That's it. Okay, so so full disclaimer there. Just, the, just the workshops have expired. Um, the, we run yeah, just, them, it just occurred to me they might be thinking how do I get into another yeah, workshop. So so they, we run them rarely, um, and it really depends on the schedule and the year. And what if you are interested in communicating with impact, and expanding your knowledge in this area because you can actually start to identify, actually, I have blocks here, I have challenges here, and I can fundamentally change my communication to change my outcome and my result in that situation, then I will put in the show notes the link you can go to to learn more about what we're calling the virtual event, which is a three-day communications event coming up in April. So if you do tell them that there's a cap because we're not, we're actually pretty much at the level that we've got in terms of the, the number of people attending already. Yes. So we're doing a cutoff very soon. A we, of weeks we're in. cutting off in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're very close to capacity. So, so the purpose of this is actually to provide you insights from the workshop, but we have, we did have questions uh, prior to us recording this about, can you talk more about communication? Yeah, just because as I was talking, it suddenly occurred to me, people might think, oh, how do we get to the workshop? Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll put the link. You can learn more there. Look, if, if you book on, you book on. If we've hit number capacity, we've hit number capacity. Let, let's just leave it as that. So so just so everybody knows, as I unloaded what was probably 30 years in about five minutes there, that was a style of delivery, which is essentially a mixture of command and messenger, which is just boom, 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 boom. I, if I'd carried on like that for much longer, in any situation, anyone talking like that, even at that level of pace, yeah. it, it becomes monotonous, but also it's, it's too much information too much for people. Information, so yeah. there's a lesson even in that. I could have taken that and stretched it over a year, you know, well, could have, <laughs> yeah. over an hour. Yeah. And that's an important lesson here is that you can get something across quickly enough for people to go, wow, okay, I get this. I can mm. see where this is coming from. So look, it's taken a long time to get to this point. And, and it's, you know, I'm still working on my communication and it's not just verbal, but written as well. Everything comes together. I, I, the more I see, I mean, these, these last couple of workshops have really made me realize that people do not know this. They're not taught yeah. it. But also, arms, we undervalue it. We don't actually attach. Somebody will pay thousands to go to a property course, but they won't pay four or five, six hundred pounds to go and do a course on communication. Although, in my mind, the communication is more impactful because you can't build a business unless you communicate with people. Absolutely. You can't get into a great relationship unless you communicate. So people see it as kind of a bolt on only after the fact when they realize I need to work on my communication. So, so I think this is a fundamental insight that you've identified, which is if you listen to this at home and you've, you've approached a wealth product or wealth creation education in any kind of sector, 
and you've approached that first and you found slow progress in there, or maybe you felt like, actually, this is not, this is not the outcome. It's not as quick as I expected. It's not, it's not making me as much money as I expected. Well, actually, that's because fundamentally a personal development underlies any sort of wealth success. True. So, you know, in the Cicado vault for those who are supporters, you know, we've got a sequence of programs there and they're designed and they're put in an order specifically to work on personal development first. And then there's some wealth programs later that Rose created. Yeah. And it's in that order for a reason. Um, I didn't want to get sidetracked there. I want to say a good point. Thanks for downloading that because the people who benefited greatly from that experience were those that attended the workshop and had an opportunity to be live coached by you. Correct. So can we now pivot the conversation into some examples of people who got live coached? We won't go into details of the names and we won't go into too much specifics around the exact scenario. Yeah, right. Okay. To, to, just to keep their privacy safe. So let's, um, okay. Well, so, well okay. The, the sequence was we started talking about outcome, didn't we? So let's yes. tackle that one first. Um, okay. Let's, I think let's grab two or three examples All right, if we okay. can. Yeah, yeah. And let's link it to, like you just said, one of the components we mentioned. We did mention four components. Outcome was one that a lot of people raised their hand True. and they said, we got challenges. So I agree. Let's start there and then okay. we can move on to another one after. So so what, So what? those of you that have to be, you're in a business where you raise money possibly for a startup of your business. Yeah. Might be uh, for a project you're doing or maybe a property investor. We had quite a lot of property investors on, on one of them anyway. And I think the key issue is a lady stuck her hand up and she basically said she'd pitched to she used the word hundreds she said hundreds of angel I, investors I, I question the word hundreds by the way I think I think she may have had lots of conversations mm-hmm. but pitching is a different thing altogether and the fact was that when she was talking she said her biggest challenge was so I asked her what did you want to do and she said I want to raise money mm-hmm. towards projects and I've had a few successes but mainly I've just had a lot of people saying no yeah. and I said okay so what's your outcome you're looking to achieve and she said well I want to raise money and I want to make sure that I don't push people so that was her outcome. So yeah. actually, she didn't have one outcome. She wanted she had two outcomes. And there's an immediate conflict. And I said, we do see there's a conflict there. And she didn't quite get that initially, did she? And she goes, well, I'm talking to a lot of people. And I go to networking events, where I, where I, which is where I pitch a lot of people. And of course, I'm there. And they're trying to promote their thing to me. And I'm trying to promote my thing to, to them. And I said, okay, so wait a minute. You're going to a meeting or you're going to networking events. And you're trying to pitch them on giving money to your business. But you don't want to push them. And she said, yeah. And the conversation went in a circle for a while, didn't yes. it? Yes. And also then she started going off in lots of different directions. And it became really clear that there was a conflict here because two things. The first conflict was if you're going to encourage somebody to lend you money, you are going to have to at some point get them to make a decision. Mm. And now she's using the label push. Uh, I might say encourage or just be firm and say, right, well, let me know. Are you interested or not? And give me the money. But she couldn't, she was struggling with that. Yeah. That came out of her body language, yeah. didn't it? So that, So what we're saying there is, if we look at the component you and then one of the components in that area is outcome. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm just trying to keep it technical for the listeners as well. Uh, for those who've got the the radio and the, and the visuals in your mind, and I'll put the image on the show notes as well, just for a reference point, is she's got an internal conflict. Correct. Where even inside her mind, she has two outcomes, but those outcomes are in conflict with each other. So whatever result she's going to get is, is going to, it's not going to happen. And interesting, when we raised it, 
her partner who was sat next to her started to nod. So yeah. he obviously could see that. She was actually initially, her head and her eyes were going up. She was still processing what I was saying. I said, well, how can you persuade someone to give you money if internally you're saying, I don't want to push them? Because another word for push is encourage mm. or persuade, persuade or sell, you know, whatever language you want yeah. to give it, which is, again, a specific component within the system. So she's struggling with that. So immediately the minute she starts to go in, and anyone listening to this, if you're thinking, oh my God, that's exactly what happens with me, you will internally block. So the language you use changes the strength, the conviction, the authenticity, meaning the way you try to persuade somebody. It's like you're turning down the volume because internally you're saying, you can't push them, you can't encourage them, you yeah. can't persuade them, you can't sell to them, whatever language you're using. In yeah. her case, it was push, wasn't it? So that, that was an immediate conflict. Now, this was interesting. The conflict there was an internal conflict of outcomes. And I said, well, you've just got to have one outcome. And she said, yeah, my outcome is I, w- I want to get them to give money, but I don't want to push them. I said, no, that's, that's two outcomes. That's two outcomes. <laughs> you've got an outcome to avoid pushing them. And she really had to think about that first, yes, didn't she? And yeah. then she goes, yeah, but I go to these meetings and you know, I'm there with my card and they're trying to persuade me to do something else. And I said, ah, okay, that's something different. And she said, what do you mean? So with outcome, you've got to be clear on your outcome. In the same way we have here today, our outcome is to give, mm. share some powerful message with you. But we also got to be clear on what your outcome is as a listener. So you're coming to the table and you want to get some tools and some value that you can take away and implement, maybe some motivation, but hopefully something practical. Now, if what we teach on these these podcasts is just purely blurb about something, but without giving you any practical tools, you won't come back to the next podcast because mm. we haven't met your outcome. If you're listening, hopefully that makes sense. Same thing with her, wasn't it? So she's got somebody trying to picture on, I don't know, maybe uh, I've got a project over here. Do you want to do a joint venture with me? And she's saying, oh, I've got a project over here. Do you want to give me money? So she's trying to get an outcome of them giving her money. And they've got a completely different product or a service they're offering to her. And so they won't listen to her because their head is on the you part of the communication. In other words, when you're communicating, what you can think about is what you want to say. That person's not thinking about what she's offering. And she wasn't thinking about what they're offering because all she's thinking about is what she's offering. I'm going to pause that because that can sound a bit double Dutch. But double Dutch, yeah. So <laughs> that that makes sense. So so let me paint the scenario of how it should occur. Uh, let's say, for example, uh, I was uh, this lady, and what I must say, Ro, is you know the people who volunteer and they step up and say, "It's brilliant, Ro. I have a challenge with communication. I love it. Can you help me solve it?" Like these these people it's are courageous. very brave. Yeah. It's courageous because it helps every other listener on the workshop because she's not alone in terms of going through that. Not at all. I've been through that in the early yeah. days of my business when raising money. The ideal outcome would be, if we're keeping this very simple, is I would like to raise money and the other person on the other side of the table would like to lend money. Yeah. Now we've got an outcome which are aligned. That's right. Whereas what she was having is a conflict of outcomes. They want to do X, she wants to do Y, not XX. Like it's just different. So let's yeah. let's do a scenario. Let's say you come to the, I meet you at a business meeting and you've got your online digital marketing company you want to talk about, right? Mm. And I've come and, I, and my outcome is to get you to give me money because I know you've got some money in the business. So I say, hi, Harms, nice to meet you. And we start chatting. Yeah. So yeah, I've got this, uh, I've got this really interesting opportunity for you. Now, as we talk, right, let's just press the button. I want Harms to go into him thinking about what he wants to promote to me. Yeah. So, um, you know, so I've just, I've got some, I've got some really good property deals going on at the moment and I'm looking for some people that might have some money in the banks. Yeah. So I'm um, just, what do you think about that? Oh, interesting. Um, you know, funny you say that you've got a property business. I've actually not got an opportunity that might work for you and your property business. Right. Um, you know, I've got an online marketing business. Okay. Would, would you like to you know market your property business? Um, yeah. So 
That sounds interesting, actually. So what I typically do is um, when people lend me money, I basically get a good return. So if the money's left in the bank, like, you know, your online business, you've probably got money in the bank right now and it's making, say, 1%. And it's great because if you lend the money across and I've got a project going on, you can maybe get 5 or 6%. So that's a really good strategy for you. Ah, oh, interesting. Okay, thanks for sharing that. Um, interestingly, what I typically do is when a company has a business, say, for example, like yours, property, right. you come to the table and... You know, I would analyze a business and then we'll help grow it online, um, okay. you know, so we expand your business. Right. So so you do like online marketing for the growth of the business. Yeah. And yours is property. Perfect. Right. So I guess that must be quite profitable, is it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I, I, anyway, I'm, up against a, I'm up against a communication master here and I'm trying to I'm trying to block his outcome and he found a way to get through to me brilliant <laughs> but the point is we're going backwards and forwards we're going back and forwards yes because I haven't come to the table and this is the whole point and she hadn't she hadn't really considered the environment she's going into mm. so if you're going into an environment where people are coming to the table with their own agenda in yeah. other words their own outcome so the whole, whole point, and this is just the set. Remember, there's 38 components. The first component is preparation. The second <laughs> component is outcome. We haven't got any further than that. And, yes. you know, you've got to stumble. Well, that conversation could have, and this is, so her frustration was she's spoken and spoken. Yes. That could have been a 30-minute conversation. And both of you and I would have walked away frustrated. Yeah. Because you hadn't got clarity on what my, if I'd said to you, look, I'm basically looking to raise money from professional um, business owners out there that have got cash. Is that something you're interested in? And you said, well, no, I'm here to market myself. Yeah. Great, we move on. But move no, no, on. she just goes for it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I think she's getting resistant to pushing because now she feels she's pushing. Yeah. If I got pushy with you, it would have felt like I'm pushy. Uh, it's, there's argument to say she's felt lots of rejection and she thinks exactly. because she's pushing her idea or she's, uh, associated it. she's associating it. So it, it can go very deep. And if you're listening to this at home, ho I think the big takeaway from this first scenario is Understand that you have your own internal outcome. Ensure that you have one outcome. You yeah. just give it action to the listener within this within this area. And if you're having a conversation with somebody, ensure that the outcome is aligned. Now, there's lots of tools and techniques to ensure you do that upfront. But that's not the purpose of this. We just want to give you yeah. that insight to start with. But, but also, I think adding to that is you might go, yeah, but that that's so logical. It's not logical because at any conversation that I had yeah. during the course of those workshops. Each person we spoke to, it turned out, even the guy that had a relationship conversation, there was there was just too much going on in the head. In other words, it's a, you know if you're if you're a heady person, you want to be right. So she wanted to get it right, yeah. and she was getting more frustrated, and so she's then and her demeanor looked quite. So that's the other thing, by the way. If you start to feel this energy and you're getting rejected, it comes across in your personality, your demeanor. So she had slightly sort of flat energy. She looked kind of frustrated in the way she was describing yeah. it. She didn't even look like she enjoyed the idea of what she was doing. Mm. So it wasn't like something she could say, right, I'm going to have some fun with this today. It was more like, oh my gosh, I've got to go out and push somebody yeah, yeah. to give me money. And her approach would have come across like that. That's what it appeared to me. Yeah. And so this goes back to the internal out to external dialogue as well. So what was she doing in preparation before she even got to that meeting? Had she really got a headspace right? Had she m maybe worked out how she would deal with somebody that's got an online business? Mm. Like, you know, I could have steered that conversation and kept bringing it back to how much money you've got. But that still would have felt like I was manipulating you because I hadn't already set up the meeting in yes, that way. Yes, And that's another thing we talked about, isn't it? It's getting ready and preparing people for Correct. that meeting. Well. well, what I would say is in that simulation, when you ask that question, is that profitable? 
profitable business? That's actually a fantastic question to open the door to yeah. something that somebody may not have realized. Yeah, like, okay, um, so, so what do you do with the profit? And you go, well, actually- profit? Actually, just sitting there. Yes, yeah, sitting there doing nothing. Conversation. Okay, so, well, you might yeah. be able to help me. And then I go into that conversation. Mm. Whereas, no, it was a straight in boom. And, you know, and you're counter-pitching to me. I'm counter-pitching. Because we might be at a meeting where you're given 10 minutes to talk, five minutes to talk. You've got five minutes to pitch yourself. Yeah. Okay, right. So you get two minutes each, right? This is my situation. And then both people go away frustrated because the outcome is not, uh, achieved by either person and if this is a setting or an environment where it's a net business networking you know you're going to be having this or she's going to be having this 30 times or 40 yeah. times depending on how quickly she can work the room yeah. and that's why there's a feeling of you know i've spoken to hundreds of people yeah but actually it's just telling 100 people who have a different outcome to you yeah that i would like to raise money so filter fil- filter and so two things to remember as harm said number one anything you go into beyond this podcast and again, we're simplifying what is you know a much more complicated process, but be clear on what your outcome is. Now, the outcome is tied very specifically to what you are looking to. So it might be a date, for example. It might be just trying to get somebody interested in your idea so you don't go too far. That's another thing that I found yes. people going too far. There was too much information. They were overloading the other person. So now they haven't got the out- the outcome they've actually got is the other person feels almost too overwhelmed and they're thinking blimey if this is like a first meeting what's it going to be like when we get into detail so that's another concept that you've got to get across is don't go into too much detail too soon so actually you raise a good point there which actually can lead us on to the second potential example case study which is semi outcome linked but by grabbing somebody's intention and not giving them too much detail can we class this as an engagement example and if you remember there was a lovely lady who was pitching it consultancy to universities yeah now, again she's actually joining us on the event so she's going to really be tooled up with skills to help her but what she was struggling with was two things she had lots of outcomes yeah and also as part of the outcome she wasn't engaging the university or whoever she's pitching as a client to grab their attention because of the industry she was in iit yeah. there was also information overload yeah. So when, when I asked her, okay, so what's your situation and tell me what your outcome is, she probably spent five minutes just describing and describing and describing. Yeah. And each one seemed to be a different outcome she was trying to achieve. Yes. And uh, when I said, so what's your outcome you want to achieve? She sort of paused, didn't she? She went, uh, it wasn't clear because even the paint picture she painted, she couldn't see that outcome herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and she'd even got a board, I think. She was showing us on a board. I've been starting to do this. And, and we didn't mention it on the workshop, but that board had a massive list of outcomes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a, a, a bullet point. Out of, it was just a ream of outcomes. Right. Yeah. So it's a little bit like going into, uh, you know, if I, I used the description, I think, on the workshop. You're going down a corridor and you've got like 10 doors in front of you. Now, the, you know, each door is a different color. And so that's like a conversation you take somebody into. And of course, once we go down the corridor and I'm with Harminder, um, in fact, let's just, let's just imagine it for a second, right? So uh, let's uh, picture, I kind of want to get Harminder to the yellow door. We've got a bunch of other color doors there. Imagine walking down a corridor, just shout out a color of a door you see and just tell me what you think about that door. Green, um, hmm. neutral. Okay. So green, neutral. Are you interested in looking into it? No. All right. Okay. Yeah. So I'll carry on con- conversing with him. And I just say, oh yeah. And just, and there's this corridor harms and there's a purple door. There's a mm. bright red door. There's a yellow door. Uh, which door am I trying to get you to? Is it the red one? I can't remember which one. Yellow one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to get him to the yellow door. Right. And there's um, a, a, a really shiny glittery blue door. And as I'm talking, just pick one of those that interests you. Right. And then there's another one there that's sort of like a diamond color and it, it kind of sparkles. 
So I, I like the idea of that one. What's that diamond sparkly one? Uh, no, that's irrelevant because I, I want to get into the yellow door, right? okay. but I'm just describing stuff along the way. Okay. So this the challenge I've got is the more I describe to him, he's, he might even ask me a question after each one. There's also one like a black with white dots on it as well. There's that door. Why is there white dots on that door? Um, oh, you don't worry about that. That's just it's just there. Um, and then there's another door which has got like stripes red and stripes blue and stripes green, and it's slightly open. Actually, that, that one which is slightly open. What's special about the stripey open? No, door? don't 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 go into it. Oh, no, no, you've gone into it now. What, what can you see in there? Okay, I get the message. So, so this is great. <laughs> I guess it's great because I, I was wondering. Okay, how do we how do we explain this? Because it's a very complex so, situation. Right. So how to get the yellow door yes. is still in my horizon, yeah. but I'm bringing all these other conversations Correct. into the pot, and just by the very fact, I'm do, and I'm doing this as a, a metaphor here. But and if you think about it, right. And now he's getting yeah. a bit lost. But but he did quite like the stripy door. I can see. That. I, I like the stripy door, <laughs> but that's not the door you wanted me to. But go that could have been a throwaway comment mm. in a talk about mm. something. So I'm talking to you about a business. Oh, and by the way, you know one of the products that a friend of mine he's got a business and he does this and you go oh really yeah. he does classic cars yeah and you classic cars yeah, yeah that's amazing all of a sudden you've been distracted and that's not where i want to take you but mm. i included it in the conversation because yes. i thought it was interesting and that's the danger in any conversation it's this corridor you're taking them down and anything that's a distraction and that's what happened she had too much going on and i think the way she described it is it, it kind of got a bit overwhelming mm. and then she was drawn into sort of conversation with lots of other people and that's dangerous because the minute you start, it's like lighting a fire with lots of people. And now they want to talk about that fire and blow on that fire. And you've got to go back and blow on that fire to activate it. Yeah. So it's either a door or fires. No more fires. One fire. That's what I'm, t- I'm taking to the yellow door. That's what I want to show you. Take it to the yellow door. How do we answer somebody's question? Because outcome is such a key component to master to start to get people to the yellow door. Let's keep it yeah. as an example. What if somebody says, yeah, but well, I've got. I've got a lot of outcomes. I've got so many things I need to get across. What if they do multiple businesses and they want to pitch, you know, okay, if they don't want to lend me money, maybe they'll do a joint venture. If they don't want to do a joint venture, maybe they'll be interested in my consultancy work. Uh, what do I do in this scenario? Yeah, good question. So you have to start with the, the basic <laughs> outcome. What is the first outcome? Well, I want them to lend me money, right? So we start from that premise there. Mm. So you go in and everything you say, everything you discuss, all the messages. And remember, we talk, we're we not going to go there yet, but the next component behind outcome is messages. And then, of course, how many messages do you deliver? And is it emotional? Is it logical? When do you place those messages? Timing came into it, if you remember as yes. well, is people were talking about the fact they're running out of time on their presentations or their meetings. So they're just trying to spew everything out. Look at the relevant. And if I'd taken that, that corridor could take me... 30 seconds to walk down. But if there was 10 doors and I spent a minute talking about each one of those doors, now it's 10 minutes and 30 seconds. I've lost your interest. Yes. So it's the same thing with the conversation. Each door represents a message. And so if you said to me, well, I want them to get me, give me money first. Good. Let's establish. If you said to me categorically, no, at that point there, I now could talk about two other doors. Mm. I could say to you, but I wouldn't even do that. I'd actually ask you the question. Okay, so I remember I think somebody was nervous about rejection. Um, the conversation came about on rejection. If you said no to me, I would ask you the question, so what was the reason you wouldn't want to lend me money? And you might say, well, it's not to be you. It's just because I don't understand what you've presented to me. That goes back to too much, too many doors, too much information. Yes. I was so caught up in that stripy door. You took me through that door. It's amazing in there. And you got distracted. So I need to, first of all, establish if 100% this is not what you're looking for, at which point I shift my focus to my second outcome, which I'm not bringing to the table yet. And I say, well, 
what would you want? And you say, well, I might be more interested in doing a joint venture with somebody. And I say, okay, if we were to sit down and I explain how I could do that with you, would that be of interest? So the first objective is to yes or a no. And if it's a no, what do they want? That mm-hmm. would be the way I'd position it. What do they want? Or why did they not decide yeah, to make a decision? Yeah, why do they want it? I, I, think if I want to tackle the objection first. Yes, if you're, if you're listening at home, that's such a key question to write down at the point of rejection is to find out yeah, why. why. And I think many people shy away from that because they, they mm. believe it's personal. And, and exactly. that, was, that was the example from the first workshop. Yeah. We're shifting to another example, another coaching scenario here. But the lady she was getting like rejected and she was shutting down. She didn't yeah. like to be rejected versus gaining as much information from that rejection as possible and understanding it's not personal. Yeah. It's something else that they're rejecting. Yeah. Could be confusing, could be too many Yeah, we've got to, to yeah. rethink about what rejection meant to her. What about mm. if it was an opportunity to ask a question? Rejection just means give me more clarity. And she went, oh, right, yeah. So that could be all it is. Yeah. Uh, and it's not until you've absolutely categorically established that that is not what they're prepared to do or want to do, which really should have come from the preparation stage, by the way. Because if you'd got the preparation right, part of the preparation thing I teach on the on the three-day event is, first of all, making sure that you're clear in advance of any communication what both parties want to get out of it. Yeah. And then at least when you go into it, you know, I know that you do want to give me some money or you're looking to give someone some money and I might be one of those people. But if it was completely off your radar and you're thinking we're coming to chat about the weather or whatever, and I'm talking about money, you're going to be... Absolutely. So that's, I think that's an important point for everybody listening is, is you've got to make sure the other person knows and has expectations of how what the conversation is going to be. Yeah. Even if you uh, even if you met, if I met you at a, a very quick meeting and I said, and you said, so we've got five minutes to chat, what do you want to talk about? And I say, well, there's really only one thing on my mind at the moment, and that's helping people out that have got money in the banks because I know it's not working. Straight away, boom, mm. either a hook or not hook depending on how you react to it. Exactly. And if we do it this way, we avoid the first scenario, which we discussed, which is a clash of outcomes. Yes. That's one of the worst scenarios you could be in, where you walk in unprepared. They think you're talking about something else or they want something else. Yeah. You're talking about something, you want something else, and now you've got clash. And nobody leaves that meeting happy. No, exactly. frustration. So now, going back to your point, is like you've got to park it. If there's, if there's too many outcomes, just park it, park it, park, park it, park, park it. it. And just pick up the one that's most important to you now for that particular conversation at that moment in time. You don't have to fit everything in at the same time. Fantastic. Okay, so we've spoken about two and actually a third business example there. Mm. As we close off the podcast, I'd love to shift away from business and talk about relationships because communication, in my mind, plays a plays a role personally, professionally, mm. and in relationships. True, true. Relationships is its own category because it's so impactful. Yeah. And we've spoken about this in past uh, workshops work business is amazing but nothing is more important than the relationships and the connections we have so there was an amazing example of a gentleman which was challenging actually i must say it was challenging and the audience was sort of like Mm. oh my goodness where is this one going to go um what was your reaction when he came on and started speaking Um, what was your initial observation I, i was grateful that he he had put his hand up and volunteered himself because yeah as the listeners understand this scenario that we're going to describe is many people are in this situation yeah. where I guess they just have potentially have no self-awareness of what's happening yeah. in the you part of communication. Yeah. That, that they just ha- they're just a blur when it comes to understanding their own internal communication. Yeah. So my initial reaction was, okay, how uh, this is going to be a challenging one for Ro. Yeah. Um, because you're always there to coach and serve people mm. in that moment in time, but also We've got a time limitation. We've only, we only got a three-hour workshop. Yeah, yeah, So right. 
I know that you can get to a result with somebody quickly, <laughs> but how quickly, yeah. bearing in mind, you know, we're running a workshop and everybody's got to be off in an that's hour right. and a half. Yeah, and so, I was like <laughs> 10 minutes, in and out of that in seven to so 10 minutes. So that's a personal reaction, but also from from a, uh, Interesting. a workshop reaction. It's like, oh my goodness, how long is this going to take? Because first of all, you, you know, you shared that. So what happened was this gentleman came on and he said, oh, uh, you know, I asked the question. So here's a classic example, right? The slide said, who has a challenge in the area of business yes. when it comes to their certainty, I think the question was, and um, engagement. Yes. So it was linked to certainty and engagement. This gentleman came on and said, yeah, I want to talk about communication with regards to my relationship with my kids. So straight away, <laughs> you think about it from an observation perspective, communication is, is about observing and the observation of them. So you know, if somebody, if you're opposite somebody and they're saying something, and you don't hear what they're saying, that means that all you're doing is actually conversing with yourself. You're having an internal conversation and you've shut out the outside world. So that was immediately a clue to me that I was thinking, okay, but we were actually framing this up specifically uh, for business. So then what happened was I said, okay, so give me a, paint me a picture. So he described the fact that um, situation at home wasn't really having as better communication as he wanted to. The environment wasn't always good. His partner sometimes got a little bit hot under the collar in some conversations. And he just felt that if he could improve that, that was the most important thing for him. And actually that was a true statement. I think he felt that he wanted to improve that. However, at the same time, I said, okay, if we'll broaden that, you know, we're talking about business as well here. What other areas? And he goes, yeah, I mean, look, I do this, I do that. I talk to these sorts of people. I deal with lawyers. I deal with this, you know, in the medical profession, I do this. And it was very broad, wasn't it? And I said, okay, so what's your outcome? He goes, well, my outcome is really I want to just improve my communication in my, internally. So then I asked, and then, and then he said, but that's why I'm here. Basically, I want to, I'm not exactly sure what my outcome is I want. So that's why I'm here to learn that. Now that point there, it was kind of a challenging statement. It, it was a challenging statement back to you. So, so what? So, f- from anybody listening and observing, and and you ask confirmation for the workshop attendees, and they all agreed with this, which was by him I- explaining. Well, actually, wrote, don't ask me questions. That's why I'm here to learn. Are you not here to teach me this? So yeah. the challenge got more intense, but it was essentially a defense mechanism yeah. for, you know, I, maybe I'd I'd never even answered a question like this before. So I'm going to close it down. Um, yeah. And that, yeah. for anyone listening, uh, particularly if you're a male, um, I mean, it can be both, but if you've got a, a, a pride and ego or you're quite specific about, you have to be right with things and you're quite left brain that your natural tendency is you want to be right and you don't like to be wrong. So there's four, there's four personality types I talk about in communication, one of which is the analytic, one of which is the driver, one is the socialized and amiable. He was more analytic mm. in the sense that if he got his facts right, that was great. But if he didn't, then he felt like he was failing. And that's not just him, but that's just the human nature of anybody in that mindset. And, and this is no judgment. It's understanding human nature because if you understand a person's nature, you can then help them. So getting that image quite quickly, I then sort of asked him the question, okay, so let's bring it back then because although we've been talking about business here, you want to talk about your family, correct? Yeah. So how's it? How's the communication with your partner? I mean, what's your outcome when you go into that? Then he started talking about all these different outcomes that he wanted to get when he talked to his kids and his partner. I said, okay, so, and how do those meetings go then? Not very well. They don't really listen to me. Um, They kind of look distracted or my Mm -hmm. wife gets angry. She kind of, I think he used the word volcano. She kind of explodes like a volcano. And I said, okay, but, but what are you trying to 
say to them, what you're trying to get across, and are you listening to them? And he goes, well, I just want to, these are all the outcomes I want. That's that stuff. So we went in circles for a bit, yes, didn't we? For about yeah, a minute and a half, yeah. it's going in circles. And I said, okay, what's clear to me is you need a single individual outcome. And he said, yeah, my outcome is I want to communicate better. <laughs> I said, I understand that. But my concern is that if you are not creating trust, i.e. if you're not coming to the table and making it clear, because it sounds as though you're going all over the place in the conversations. And I said, where do you communicate? And he said, well, we can't communicate anytime. So I then asked the question, but where's the place where you communicate most effectively? He said, well, we don't really. It's like- We don't have one. Yeah. We don't have one. So I suggested that, First of all, choose a location where everyone sits down and creates a safe space. And they need to trust that you're not going to try and be right all the time. And I cut, it was one specific thing I said to him, and he came back with a very quirk, I can't remember what it was now, Harms, but he came back with a, a kind of a quippy sort of response, at which point I said, that is you trying to be right again. Yeah. And unless you get out of your heart and into your head, and if anyone's listening, you might relate Either to way, this. Other so way, unless you get out of your so head. So head and go to your heart. Yes. So what happened was, if anyone's listening to this, you might relate to this. He really did want to communicate with his kids. You could genuinely oh, sense that. Absolutely. I mean, genuinely wanted to do it, but it was all coming from a headspace and... As I was talking, I think a few people commented, oh my God, this is the same thing's going on with us at home, whatever. So he was trying to logically get information across to his wife and his kids and logically, he said, it makes sense. It's logical that I have to create this good connection with my family. And it was all about him being right. And I said, you're going to have to get out your head and start talking from the heart, soften your communication, uh, make your communication about them, not about you being right. And he was like, he kind of, didn't really want to accept that in his body language. Yeah. I don't know if you sense that. Well, one of certainly other other people were commented on it. Well, one of the challenges with uh, that particular personality, and if somebody's listening to this at home and you are that personality, again, this is no judgment, but it may be a, a good opportunity to self reflect. Is even if somebody else is helping to coach and guide you, because that didn't come from you, and yeah, exactly, it's it's not your logical thought process. Everybody else is wrong unless it's your particular idea or your solution. Yeah. So that's it's almost inbuilt to this personality style. Where it, to the point where when I made a suggestion, he almost ignored the yeah. suggestion and then started talking about something else. And I said, I think I swore at that point. I said, there's your freaking problem. And he kind of stopped. And sometimes you have to break the state of somebody you're communicating with if you're trying to help them to make them realize where they're making a chat and making a mistake or they're going the wrong way. He literally listened, but then commented, about something totally different. Mm. And imagine if you're his wife or his kids and he's trying to get a sense of, right, how does everybody feel? And they say, this is how I feel. And then that gets ignored. And then he carries on in the same direction. And, and that's when it kind of got a bit heated in the sense that I was very direct with him. And I said, look, you have to stop this behavior and try something different. You have to break the pattern of communication. If anyone's listening, the best way to do that is physically change the environment in which you're communicating. So for example, if you're always communicating in the kitchen, you're having arguments, don't ever have those conversations again in the, in the kitchen. Take it into the front room, sit around a table and say, right, this is going to be our safe, trusted space where we all are able to share equally and we will all equally listen to the other person and be present. He was actually listening more to the voice in his head than he was to the people that he was talking to. That's certainly my observation. And I think a few people commented on that as well. Yeah, so I, I think a really simple way to summarize that in my head is, you know, if, if they, if his, if he's asked a question to his family and, and he asked a question, how's everybody feeling? How's everybody's week felt to them? And they said, 
actually, it was not a great week. It was a bit crappy, not not the best week. Uh, and he says, he, his response is, so it was a really good week then. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, and then starts talking about something else. Right. And I think this is one of the challenges that that a lot of people have. I mean, let's escalate that conversation, right? Mm. So you, so I'll be the guy who's in his head, the person or woman who's in his head. Is that fair? Is that essentially what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, yeah. okay, you, you can, let's do a role play. I'll be the, I'll be the wife and you'll be the husband, right? Okay. So the other way around, and I'm in my head. So, um, so honey, I just want to talk to you about this. How's, how's it been today? How's your day been? <sighs> to be honest, it's a tough, tiring day. Um, it's, you know what it's like with, with a pandemic, you know, I'm, yes, I'm lucky to have kept my job, but I'm doing three other people's jobs because they're at home. On yeah, look, I want, can you look after the kids tomorrow? Because um, I've got to be in a meeting early. I've got to be in there at 8.30. They've told me to get in early. I've got heck, I've had a heck of a day. You have no idea. Is that all right if you can just look after the kids in the morning? I mean, I, 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 I'm, I am tired and this, it's going to be the same tomorrow. Like I said, I'm doing three people's work. But listen, I mean, look, if you can do that, because you know we're trying to get towards this goal of paying down this debt. That's actually what I wanted to talk to you about. I mean, I want to sit down and have a chat about the debt, because if we don't clear that debt in this next six weeks, we're going to go on to a much higher interest rate. So um, I'll get in early. I'll do some extra hours and I'll see if we can get this cleared off by the end of the month. I, I, I just don't know if I can show up tomorrow. I'm going to be exhausted. Honey, we need to get the debt cleared. Okay. So that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, sure, sure. Now that that sure. was a that was a submissive. Okay, that so could have gone the other way. You could have kicked back. <laughs> you know what it is? I, I, by, by nature, I'm a very calm person. But but that, like you said, it's a submissive, or it's or it turns into a an argument. An argument. It, it turns into a point. Is I'm in my head. I'm not listening to you. you Male or female, whether I'm the husband or the wife, doesn't matter. The and point is, that is the state I'm in. And my state was I'm tr- I'm trying to come from a heartfelt place. I'm just being honest. I'm tired. I'm right. So your outcome is you, you just want to switch off, maybe. My outcome is I want to talk about the debt, but I didn't start with that. I kind of went off in a different direction. Well, you, well, you wanted me to cover something tomorrow, and then you're talking about the debt, um, <laughs> and completely dismissive of how I'm feeling, which was the opening question. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, I could. And have, this is this is how. Yeah. Listening to the when we when, when the coaching session, it became really clear. And oddly enough, when I said you've got to literally switch off the voice and listen to your heart, and I gave him a really clear set of things mm. that I know would make a difference. I said, does that make sense? His body language basically said he wanted to say something back to me. Yeah. I mean, it was so clear. <laughs> it was like, he went, yes, but he didn't really mean it. So his body language said no. His words now said yes. <laughs> um, and that's because everybody in the workshop, you know, is trying to support him and help him make that shift as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a few people commented on that. And I think it wasn't, you know, we couldn't take it any further at that point because I think he got the message, which was basically he has to be his out. So here's an interesting one for everybody. You, your outcome has to be an authentic outcome. Mm. So if you want to talk to your family genuinely, and I got a sense part of it was because it's the right thing to do mm. as opposed to sincerely i want to make a connection i want to reconnect with my wife and my kids and and get them to open up to me and just be and vulnerable and for a lot of guys particularly that's a challenging thing to be vulnerable that means stepping back and allowing even a criticism or something yeah and allowing yourself to hear what you're doing wrong so i think for him and for anyone listening if you're in that situation where you're aware of this you think oh my god i do that first things first uh break the pattern so do it in a different place be honest and say, I don't think I've been listening to you all as a family. I think I've been so in my head doing my work. And this year has been a tough year for a lot of people of trying to stay afloat financially, keeping the business and keeping the you know, income coming in if it's a job. So just be honest and say, look, I want to start fresh. I want a safe space to talk. And I want us to be able to know that when we sit down here, um, there's you know, you're not going to get spoken over by myself. 
what is it you're looking, you know, what do you want out of these conversations? And then you let them talk and then everybody has a neutral zone. And that's what we're talking about was it was a safe space. And I think I asked the question for the ladies, if a man breaks a trust, you know, how does that feel? Is that one of the most important things? And virtually all of them stuck their hands up on the workshop and said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In any communication, if the objective is to create trust, the minute you break it, that's a huge thing. Mm. And that means not speaking back at that moment when you've given a space for them to be honest, if the kids want to say something. Yes. That that voice in your head that wants to be right, wants to have the last word. Yeah. So I think if you often find yourself wanting to have the last word, that's a good indicator. Yes. You know, and that's how it felt. That's how it this felt. this particular situation. Uh, if somebody yeah. wanted the last word out of that coaching session. Yeah. Um, Had that been on the live event, the three-day First of all, you know, in a situation like that, I always get permission straight up front mm. from people in writing. And that means I'll go all the way down the rabbit hole to break that pattern. We gave him some great tools and that is a lo- good learning for everybody else as well watching. And anyone listening today is like creating space. But sometimes you need someone to push those boundaries, get enough leverage to make a change. Uh, you know, consequences if you carry on. I didn't go there with him because we didn't have enough time. But yeah. what would be the consequences if he carries on like this? Anyone in that situation? Because an explosive reaction from a partner doesn't just happen by chance they're exploding because something in the communication they're like yes they're bottling up and equally you know it might be his wife was bottling things up to a point where she was getting frustrated and she didn't know how to communicate to him because well, every time i speak to you you don't really listen to me so i'm just not going to say anything if you think about it the logic that's really what's happening logically if, if, if we was to explain the logic to him that's actually what's happening yeah. but until outside it, of his until mind, it explodes until it explodes yeah, uh, and that's the and just like boom, 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 boom. And like, oh my god, okay, I'll listen to you. Yeah, but not really. I'll just, I'll just give you the, I'll just give you, the, I'll give you the platform a couple of minutes, and we'll go back to the normal pattern. Yeah. But how, how many times must somebody explode or erupt? Oh man, until the true consequences set in, exactly. and, that, and that's what we're here. That's what we were there to help this gentleman with, and and anyone else that's watching. Else people watching. were nodding. Some people were typing. Oh my god, I can relate. I to mean, this. people typed in and said. I now understand what I'm doing wrong in yeah. my communication with my partner or children. So, yeah, yeah. so these learnings really do translate and um, spread amongst everybody experiencing. There was one final example. Now we've captured that. We've we've done two business examples, which is great. We've done a family relationship example. Mm. And I wanted to touch on one final example before we sign off the podcast. If that's yeah. all right. Okay, Ro. And that is... Somebody who's got a challenge, and we both experienced this or witnessed this in the workshop, and you, you would have had this many times over your, your yeah. career in the space of coaching and interventional coaching, is what if somebody has a internal communication challenge, mm. whether that's linked to, and we've had a ma- the amazing Siobhan Birmingham on talking about self-confidence, yeah. whether that's to do with self-confidence, whatever the root cause of that is, ha- can you share with the listeners uh, from your perspective what was that situation scenario that occurred in the workshop, yeah. which was magical and transformational for everybody watching. And it'd be amazing for the listeners to Actually, share we, in that. We got, we got a text from her, didn't we? A few days oh, later. Oh, she got a text from me. Oh, yeah. Complete change. Without going into lots of details, essentially there was a lady that came onto the mic and she immediately couldn't talk. I mean, she was breaking down her throat. You could see was shaking. She couldn't get the words out of her mouth. Um, yeah. Couldn't look into the camera. And that, her challenge was just communicating with people in general, particularly when it came to things that were slightly more personal. And so the, the, the nutshell here for everybody to listen to is you cannot communicate externally if internally there's a, a whole emotional turmoil going on. So for her, it, was, it seemed to be, didn't have time to go into detail with her, but self-worth, self-confidence, and inability to get a message. She, she talked about words getting stuck. Uh, she talked about the, you know, she forgetting what she was saying mm. when she was talking to people. 
And that's a classic situation where somebody becomes very self-aware and something would have happened to her in the past, some emotional event that's triggered a reaction in her body and that affects her communication. So for those of you that are listening that are afraid to go in front of audiences, nervous in front of one-to-ones, or just have a bit of a meltdown, that will be linked to some kind of shift in your perception of who you are, how you're perceived by other people and how you come across and how you just see yourself on the inside as well. And she was really emotional. So long story short, I got her to talk about what she does and she turned out to be a baker, which was wonderful. Mm. And we just got her to associate communication with baking. So I I used some techniques which are similar to say NLP techniques where she went into a space where she was comfortable and then we attached the concept of speaking to baking. And then we looked at, I asked her questions about what's her favorite thing she bakes. It was beautiful to see the shift because as she talked about it, it became more confident to the point where I started talking about baking and communication at the same time. And she was smiling, a chest came up and it helped restructure the way she associated the emotion of communication. So she'd attached pain to communication. Mm. And all we did was we attached enjoyment, fun, and her love of baking. We attached that same love of baking to speaking and she started to smile, didn't she? Her face glowed. She was communicating openly instead of choking up. Absolutely. I think what, what, everybody loved to see was when you asked her to describe the process that she goes through when baking a cake, it was flowing, it was seamless, it was intuitive, intuitive. we're going to do this, we're going to need this, we're going to, all the technical terms around baking, I'm not too familiar with And a specific sequence. And and and, and that was a process, okay, this is my system, this is what I do. And then you said, okay, can you now just describe what that looks like in communication and explain (laughs) Did you just describe communication or did you or just baking. describe baking? And she, laughed, yeah. and she laughed and she laughed and, and the audience was laughing along because we can see that shift. Yeah. Um, and she did send a message afterwards saying, I, I don't know how long it'd been going on, yeah. but to have that. Or what you did. Yeah. Or what you did. I don't know what, I don't know what magic you did last night, Well, but uh, on the workshop that is, my communication is still fluid, yeah. still you know, I'm free to talk to people once again. Yeah. And that was an experience the next day. So this translates. And isn't it ironic? The mm. start of the actual presentation, every, t- every time I talk about CWI, I say, yeah. think about a recipe like baking a cake or yeah. baking yeah. bread where you put the ingredients in the right sequence. You can get a great cake or a great loaf. Whereas if you get it the wrong way, it collapses. And, yeah. and CWI is that. And then we turned out that workshop finished on somebody that actually is a baker, which is magical. And so, I mean, we could spend hours talking about this subject because it is really about if you have not sorted yourself out internally, then your external communication will always be filtered through a set of beliefs and values. And I think that's why when we created the supporters, you know, for Cicado supporters, we've included in there, you know, things on value building, belief building, because that's so important for anybody, I think, communicating. And we have a, a great series on fears and blocks. Yeah. So, you know, if there are fears and blocks in your life, that you're not even aware of, unlocking those can then, as a byproduct, unlock your communication, yeah. allow you to speak freely. So, yeah, I mean, all of those are amazing. There was a handful more, but is there anything else you want to add, Ro, before we sign off? Like I said, we have a limited number of seats available. And if they are available by the time you get oh, to the yes, link, the live, event, yeah. uh, the live event link will be on the show notes. Uh, we refer to it as the virtual it's the event. Only, by the way, it's the only one we're doing, 2021. So we've done it is. one a year. Last year, unfortunately, it got cancelled because of COVID. So mm. if you can get there by any shape or form, it, and in fact, we're doing a money back guarantee on the first day if people don't like it. Yeah. Not that I think they won't, but um, that's how much I believe in what we do. So 
I'm super pumped. It's going to be an amazing event. That's going to be amazing. So I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, if you want to leave but the a closing with, note, I think yeah. for anyone listening, you know, think about any communications you've got coming ahead over the coming days. And you know, put business aside for a minute. Who have you got around you, family or friend, that you could maybe just change the way you communicate with them, make it more engaging, more fun, go there with a clear outcome, maybe even just go with the outcome of listening to them and being able to give them a chance to share. Because I think we're in a world right now where there's so much frustration and still a little bit of fear in a lot of people that are just out there just thinking what's going to happen next. Mm. Maybe go with the outcome of just uh, addressing a fear somebody's got, making them feel more comfortable. That in itself is a great way to communicate with people. Send somebody a text, which has got a lovely message in it, just encouraging them. Or write somebody a letter. I mean, they're, they're all forms of communication, but just do it with a really pure intent. That's a nice way to finish off on my side anyway, on the podcast. Okay, fantastic. We mentioned it at the workshop, but well, you mentioned one of the outcomes or actions for the listeners was to create a safe space. Yeah. If you want to know what that space looks like, uh, you mentioned, Ro, there's a fantastic... A YouTube series called Red Table Talks yes. by Jada Pinkett Smith. And she brings a family or guests onto a red table. It's stunning to watch mm. uh, visually. It's fantastic. But also what that table signifies is and symbolizes is that safe space. Mm. So if you want some inspiration on what that looks like and how safe you Safe in the sense of honesty. Honesty. Doesn't mean to say it won't make you allow you to be vulnerable, but the whole point is I can be vulnerable in a safe way. And you can create that at home. Same thing at home. Exactly. And whether it's a red table, whether it's your dining table, whatever yeah. it is, make that meaningful for yourself. So just wanted to highlight that before we sign off. Thank you for tuning in to today's Cicado show. Everything we discussed, as always, will be in the show notes, plus the link to the three-day communication virtual event for those that will be joining us. We will see you on the next episode. Hello, it's Dr. Rowe here. Harms and I would like to both personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Cicado show. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal, on a professional level to help your life and maybe other people's lives, then please complete an important action for us, which takes less than just two minutes. Please become a supporter of the podcast by going to cicado.com. And as a thank you, you'll get access to exclusive supporter perks. And don't forget to simply subscribe to the show, share this product with loved ones, and we would love if you would take a moment to give us a review and let us know just how amazing this episode was. Thanks again for listening. This is Dr. Owen Harms signing out. We'll see you on the next episode.